Welcome to IVF Tales, a podcast hoping to make the world of fertility treatment less lonely. We want to start conversations about different fertility journeys to empower your decisions and build a community that understands. Each week we will speak to someone whose journey to having a child has taken a little bit more than a few vodka cruises. We are your hosts, Tiffany and Amy. Hey guys, it's Tiff and Amy here. We have compiled this little episode as an introduction to who we are, how we have connected over fertility treatment, and why we wanted to start this podcast. We are working on our first few episodes and are hoping to get a couple out in March. If you have the time, make sure you hit subscribe so the episodes download straight away and head over to our Instagram at IVF Tales Podcast. Speak soon. How long do you think we've known each other? Um, well, I was thinking about it. You went to Brussels Primary. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we would have known each other since. Um, I started in year two. Why well, was there in grade two? But I don't remember you. No. Um, but grade six, I came back there. Yeah, I think I've got photos of us in year seven. Yeah. Which whose class were you in grade seven? <sighs> Mr. Muller. Oh, okay. So I was in Miss O'Brien's. Was that next door? Must have been the yeah. blonde lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. we did art all the time instead. Yeah, of you had the fun class yeah. and I had the mean class. <laughs> yeah. And I think we had like the same computer room at the yeah. back. Yeah. The Constantina door. Do we have Constantina? Like you know those doors? No, there was like a um thing in the middle, like a, a sort of. Yeah, yeah, Mess like, area. like yeah, like the art area. Yeah, yeah. and because we would be able to see you guys in there while we were doing yeah. like fucking times tables <laughs> and using doing art. My parents went to um, a parent-teacher interview with her about me, and she was like, "Oh yeah, like Amy's doing this and this," and they're like, "Oh okay, that doesn't sound like our child." And then she's like, "Who's your child again?" And they're like, <laughs> "Amy," and she's like, "Oh yeah, no, this is such and such. Sorry, I'm just really hungover." <laughs> She had a, a child in the same year as my brother. Really? My brother, oh, yeah. because she married the um, PT sports teacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it, the PT yeah. teacher. Yeah. The PT teacher. <laughs> <laughs> how long I've been out in the real world for. <laughs> but, like, I was talking to Ezra about it the other day because he was like, oh, do you remember Tiffany at all from high school? And it's like, I have vague recollections. Mm. And that's mm. what I said to Ezra. Like, we obviously must have hung out because yeah. I went to Beth's party. Yeah. And... But I can't, like, no. really remember much from that point. I think we had the same, like, friends. Friendship group. Yeah. yeah. Like, we were all the... Emo kids? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we reconnected over photos. Yeah, so I think... I think we added... One of us added each, other, each other on Facebook. Yeah, around the time we were getting married. Yep. Yeah. Because we got yeah, married, like, that. within a couple of months of each other. Well, the same month. Was it? You November? Guys, yeah. Yeah. Twenty second. Yeah, we were the eights. Yeah. And then I remember like putting a call out on my photography page mm-hmm. and you were like, Oh Joe and I will do it. Like, mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah. And then um I remember rocking up and I'll never forget this. <laughs> and I'm talking to you like about kids and stuff and how everyone's like having babies and at that time like I had known there was something going on with Ezra and I. Yeah. Yeah. 
like we hadn't been to the doctor yet but I we'd been trying for ages and I think you guys had just gotten some bad news yeah so I think we'd just done our first round maybe was it early in the year or was it mid-year I can't remember I think it was after you'd been to the states yeah I'm pretty sure yeah so because I had just we'd just gotten back from the states yeah so it was, yeah, it would have been like close to mid-year. So maybe yeah, it was so like I think, cycle. Yeah, we, because I can remember going around and like packing away the sharps containers <laughs> and like putting the overjewel and stuff to the back of the fridge behind oh, things and going, yeah. and Joe was like, she won't even know what it is. Like, calm down. And I was like, she might though. Like I would, if I, I saw needles in someone's fridge, I'd be like, well, what the fuck kind of party do you do? <laughs> is this how you do the eyes? Like, <laughs> still feel really bad about that because it's kind of like I was like oh you know everyone else is having kids mm. but we're like wanting to wait a little yeah. bit longer yeah. and my head is like oh that's probably because we can't have any kids and then you guys are like yeah same yeah. totally the same, same thing I think like I had wondered because we did get married at the same time mm. and I can like I would look at your Facebook when you would come up or whatever mm. and be like oh I wonder because you do that you compare of course yeah like similar life goals and I think like we've got friends who've had two kids in the time that we've been trying for one sort of thing. Yeah. So I'd always go, oh, I wonder if they're just like, you know, more focusing on travel at the mm-hmm. moment or if they're... Yeah. It was always for us, it was always like, oh, let's just get this out of the way yeah. and then we'll do it. Yeah. But in fact, actual fact, like the whole time it was just like, we weren't doing anything. Yeah. You know? You are just trying to distract and make yourself feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like for Ezra in his head it was very much the America trip that we did mm. and he was like right once we get after to the states like that's it we'll yep. give it a crack yep. you know and like I just yeah I just never forget that whole like taking photos of you guys and then I think you messaged me afterwards and you're like I'm sorry we were just a bit flat and blah mm. blah blah and I was yeah. like oh, I hope it wasn't like me just like being weird and then like now I'm like obviously we've connected the dots yeah. a bit more yeah. you know so yeah. it's like I know it wasn't that at all yeah but I'll never I always feel really bad about that no I don't yeah no I don't <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's how we reconnected yeah and then you know you guys had I think when I was pregnant you opened up to us about what you guys were going through yeah because I told you like we because I was editing your photos and that was the time we were starting we'd we're starting mm-hmm. IVF because yeah. we weren't even living at home we were living with my in-laws yeah and renovating our house and I told you we had some medical stuff mm-hmm. and then eventually I told you I think that we were what we were going through and then by t- that time I think you might have just been early pregnant yeah excuse me with Harry yeah because when I announced I included a little you know with the assistance of science yeah that's right you did too yeah I had like three or four people message me after that saying that they were going through or had been through the same it's just crazy isn't it like that you you just you go through this completely alone yeah you'd never say anything to anybody and you assume you're the only person that you know doing it yeah exactly and it's kind of like you know clearly you're not because yeah. there's so many fertility specialists yeah. out there and they're also <laughs> bloody busy oh yeah exactly but it's kind of like no one just opens up to it it's kind of like i don't know whether it's like the fear of you know that shame of not yeah. being able to reproduce yeah. and feeling like a failure and yeah everyone else can do it okay why can't i mm-hmm. you know like so many like you said all of my friends we, we it's essentially we're the last people to have kids in our friendship group yeah. so it's kind of like yeah yeah 
Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, when are you guys going to do it? Yeah. It's like, soon. <laughs> <laughs> can can I just Still borrow a cheeky yeah. 10K and we'll make <laughs> <Exactly>. it happen? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. So, like, I think, like, that's, like, particularly for me, like, that's why this podcast is important yeah. for me. Yeah. It's just that right there, that silence around it. Yeah. You know, even though we've had heaps of people contact us and say that they have told everyone in their lives mm. Like, I think there's still a lot of people out yeah. there that don't. Yeah. I think for, like, yeah, every one person that's open about it, there's... Like, five or six that say That are staying silent, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's really... That, that in itself is terrible because mm. suffering through that in silence, like... And then knowing what I know now on the opposite... On the other side of the fertility treatment yeah. and even, you know, being lucky enough to have a baby... Like, the depression rates and yeah. everything like that. Like, yep. it's, like, you can't, like, you need a village to get yep. through it. I you think, know? yeah, even when you do have a baby, there's that level of fear that not everyone that has kids has. And you need that sort of mm-hmm. connection with people to get through that as well. And mm-hmm. I think also once you have a baby through fertility methods, you're forced to feel grateful. Like, yeah. or you put that pressure on yourself. Yeah. Like, I must feel grateful because we couldn't do this. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, now we've got it and I either don't like it or... Yeah, and I think people that haven't experienced make you feel bad, I suppose, for mm-hmm. when you do want another one, if mm-hmm. it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or oh, you've got one, so why yeah. aren't you happy Yeah, like that's it? enough. Why isn't that enough for you? Yeah, yep. stop being ungrateful. Like. But it's like, oh, hang on a minute, like you can have six children. Yeah. Like, yeah. what, like, why can't we want another one to mm-hmm. round out our family? Exactly. Or, you know... Like, uh, yeah. And even now, like, I find it difficult to talk to people about, you know, just what impact it actually had, yeah. you know, like, or and how it still sort of is very much a part of our marriage. Yeah. You know? It doesn't just go away once you're pregnant. No. And it's kind of like, because all the pressures definitely, like, for me, all the pressure was put on me, mm-hmm. not not through Ezra or anything, but just to, to succeed, you yeah. know? And, like, and yeah. if it doesn't, like, we had a failed transfer and all of that sort of stuff, you kind of feel like, what am I not doing? Yeah. I think, too, like, you're the one doing the drugs. You're the mm-hmm. one having the operation. You're the one, like... Doing the blood tests yeah. every second day and, yeah. Having internal ultrasounds and... yeah you know all of those things it's automatically a physical and a mental thing yeah yeah exactly and I think you know like having a supportive partner makes the difference but I think at the same time it still feels like a lonely journey because you know you are the one like having to go into the appointments he didn't come to every appointment with me because he couldn't yeah and even like you can talk about it but they haven't experienced it so they don't understand the exactly pressure yeah so I think like that like that for me mm-hmm. with this podcast is about getting all of that out there yeah. so women and, and and men or people going yeah. through fertility treatment can like listen to this and be like okay this is this is for me this is what yeah. it is and I think too seeing the differences in methods and treatments and mm-hmm. journeys yeah. and knowing like there's more than one option mm-hmm. you know it's not a cut and paste and yeah exactly it's not a cookie cutter approach yeah. yeah and I think also too like that way you know the more information's out there like the more people can make informed choices and actually take back I think some control of their treatment because I think I mean we went into that doctor's office yeah being like give us whatever yeah blindly nodding exactly and then it was kind of like okay cool like you know just assuming it's gonna work yeah 
Um, and so I think, you know, you are just not an innocent bystander. Mm-hmm. You are a participant in this and yeah. you have a right to have a voice yeah. with your doctor. Yeah. And I think it's good to have, like, questions to ask and yeah. ideas about what other people do so you do mm-hmm. feel informed and exactly empowered to ask the questions mm-hmm. and want different things if it doesn't work. Exactly. And yeah. Like, I think we listened to a couple of podcasts mm-hmm. when we were going through the treatment, yeah. but they were all in the States. Yeah. And their system's very different yeah. to ours over here. Yeah. Like, so different. Like, they basically get nothing, no public no. support, no governmental support or anything like that, whereas we get Medicare here and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, once you reach your Medicare threshold... You get more. You get more. And then now they've changed the laws to, I think, the low-cost billing, mm. you know clinics they get even more back sort yeah. of thing you know yeah. like and they bring it in what did you send me through something thing? about <laughs> the eq um i think education concerns putting oh, in a fertility yeah. clause in their yeah leave. and it's like extra time off and, yeah yeah and i mean even then like i didn't tell my bosses i was yeah. just like i'm going through some medical treatment yeah um and so like you know like there's becoming this awareness around mm. it um but it's still all coming out of the states whereas yeah. i think you know that that for me for like that was the the kicker was that okay this is great there's people going on you know people going through this in this in a different country and you know they're, they're articulating my feelings and emotions yeah. Yeah. but the process is different yeah and i think because they focused like on one i know the ones i listened to are all mm-hmm. like one couple's story and yes it was Rather hard to find thing. yeah find yeah. something in common all of the time yeah and I think that's something too, like that the fertility arena isn't necessarily always aware of is that there's a lot of people trying to have children yeah. that are same sex mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever their circumstances might be, it doesn't look like men and a woman going yeah. into a doctor and they're infertile. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't look like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, there's young women out there who are 19, 20 going through endo and yeah. being told that they're not going to be able yeah. to have children, yeah. um, you know, having to make the choices of freezing their eggs mm-hmm. or, or egg donors and things yeah. like that, you know, like, again, like, until you go through it, that whole world is just fine. Yeah, yeah. I know I open up, like, the Facebook groups sometimes and just read through yeah. different stories and mm-hmm. am blown away just by the different circumstances mm-hmm. and... Yeah, same insane <laughs> it's it's just crazy and, and that's what i mean like it, it's not it's not a cookie cutter one size fits all thing for people no. and you know like some people are really happy with one baby when they get one baby mm-hmm. and that's it you know and you know you get these people that stories of people that make what they get one egg out of their yeah. whole collection yeah. and then they transfer it and it implants yeah. and you know like well, that's amazing or you get women and couples who you know up for pregnant and then have to make that decision when yeah. they maybe find out that their baby is chromosomally yeah. abnormal or yeah. you know like it's not a viable pregnancy mm-hmm. and you know like just because we've gone through fertility treatment doesn't mean we avoid that yeah you know? we still go through the normal hurdles exactly and then i think like that grief compounds because you sort of start to grieve that you can't have kids yeah then you yeah. know you go through that whole process yeah. yeah i think too like there's a lot of circumstances where people go into IVF thinking they're straightforward in a normal case mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's going to be easy and then they find out they've got some genetic condition exactly. that they can pass along or they've got mm-hmm. 
you know, all these other factors. I know a lot of the same-sex couples in mm-hmm. the support groups will go in and mm-hmm. think it's just going to be an IUI and it ends up being much more... Much more involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, as and I, we were fairly lucky in that sense that we just went straight in and they mm. figured it out straight away and it was yeah. like, bang, ICSI is the only way you'll fall pregnant. Yeah. And I remember our doctor saying to us, you know, 30 years ago, I would have just shaken your hand and said, see you later. There's yeah. nothing we can do yeah. for you. Whereas now with science and technology, like it's great. And I think that gives people hope. But I also think there's a level of toxic positivity out yeah. there with, you know, in the, yeah. in the fertility community where people are like, never give up. And it's yeah. kind of like sometimes you have to face that, that reality, yeah. you know. And again, like you don't want to do that alone, mm-hmm. you know. So I think... I mean, for the podcast, for me, like, I definitely got the idea from when I was listening to Australian Birth Stories. Yeah. And there was, you know, all the, you know, so shout out to Sophie, but, you know, there was all the different, the diverse stories of women's births and labours and things like that. And I think I find so much comfort in that, knowing that there's other people that have gone through the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, you know, I think that's sort of, for me, like, that's where I want to come from for this, you know. definitely. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, cool. So why don't um, you go first and you tell us a little bit about who you are, like, outside of fertility treatment. So outside of fertility treatment, I am a dirty, dirty reality TV addict. <laughs> I love keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh, man. Love Anything. It. Like, it's so bad. I just, like, I watched all of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Oh, my God. Okay, that is really bad. It's, like, terrible. <laughs> and now I'm on to Married at First Sight because... Mm. I'm all about that, that drama. Yeah. yeah. I'm in the Facebook group. Oh, my God. Where they, like, share the stories and <laughs> it's so bad. This is a whole new side of you. <laughs> <laughs> Teen mum. Like, I don't watch I it love, anymore. No, but I love that show. Yes, and so I'm, like, good. in the Facebook group, so I just read about what happens. Oh, my gosh. It's so it's good. It's disgusting. <laughs> and I only, like, break that up with, like, food shows. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time it's stuff that I don't eat yeah. and will never eat. Or could never prepare yourself. Yeah. Yep. But I have to watch it. It's a good distraction though. It is. And I guess like it's a way of switching your brain off because nobody needs brain power. For, <laughs> All the time. Yeah. To cook or to watch cooking. Yes. I used to love watching MasterChef and then I got over it. And I guess <laughs> like, I'm done with that. <laughs> That's, I can't do my kitchen rolls that's the only one no, i don't never got into that either no no i just find it weird that they go to their houses yeah like yeah i don't want to do that it's like hey how do i know that their kitchen's clean yes this is just weird yeah and i'd feel like a lot of pressure to be like a really good guest because i yeah. like to make a good impression Can you imagine the pressure on those people to keep their house clean yeah. before the camera yeah got but there? like even as a guest i would be like do you, do you want me to bring my plate in do you yeah. what can i do for <laughs> can you scrape it off here i've bought some wine like <laughs> yeah. Which I don't think is the point. No. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so basically, like, who am I outside of fertility treatment? Um, so I'm a high school teacher. Uh, and I also run a little photography business. But since becoming a mum, like, I feel like my focus about my whole life has totally changed. Yeah. And I know that that's not what this podcast is about. But I feel like that whole process has really changed me as a person. Um, 
and you know we were just having a conversation off mic about me reading and I read all the time and Mm. I'm big into fantasy so love you know witchy novels and like superpower or like not superpowers but like sci-fi yeah it's kinda. sort of like not sci-fi so when, I, when you say sci-fi i think of star trek yeah. and i'm like Ugh. <laughs> try i love harry potter and uh-huh. stuff like that yeah. yeah so like anything that's got anyone's got like some sort of abilities mm-hmm. you know it's really good that's what i like to read so that allows me to dial out so yeah. it's like w- my reading mm-hmm. is for you my reality TV show. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that show too. <laughs> or watching The Handmaid's Tale, as yeah. we were just talking about too. It's so good. Um, but basically, yeah, that's who I am outside of this little endeavor. Mm.